Sometimes it's good to just yell about football. What are you doing? Don't do this to me, Harry! The Ohio State. It's Ohio State! What do you mean, the? It's a poison. I almost stroked out and died over it. I'm glad to be at the party. I'm mad we're this late. You ain't a captain of nothing but a sinking ship. That helps the defense without them even doing a damn thing. Thing, thing, doing a damn thing. In a calling line. 312-988-15. You tell Johnny all you've heard and seen. No, 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 Iris. No, 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 Iris. No, 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 Iris. No, Iris. Oh boy. Welcome in. Welcome back folks. It's, I feel out of sorts. I feel uncomfortable. I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble registering all of these new changes in college football. I'm struggling. Do I sound the same to you guys? Something sound feels like it sounds different to me from my end. Somebody tell me if I sound normal or if my uh, my I'm so stuffed up I can't even hear myself. I, I'm not kidding. Maybe it's just me and my ears are clogged up. It sounds different in here. I don't know. You got Pat. Pat, I guess nothing's wrong. I just... We're moving so fast in this sport. I am not sure if I'm not sure if it's good for anybody. I'm not sure if it's good for anybody, you guys. And I know who's positioning themselves for this or that and and doing this and that. I I'm I'm having I just don't know what's going on to the sport we love. I don't know what's going on with it. And I don't know whether all this is good or all this is bad or we're going to love it or we're going to hate it or if it's going to destroy the game. I I don't know. I just don't know. And in every day, it's the next march forward really, really fast. And I'm just struggling to wrap my mind around it all. And I'm struggling to be able to figure out where Notre Dame fits into all this. Yeah, tin canny. That's what I feel like I sound like. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm racking my brain here. I don't have any answers. I Here's what it feels like, you guys. Here's what it honestly feels like. I feel like I'm doing all this every day, writing about football, covering college football, talking about Notre Dame, where Notre Dame fits, how we're going to do this, how it's all. I almost feel like a stranger talking about what I'm trying to cover every single day. Does that make sense? I It feels like I'm talking about something I used to be really confident that I knew the dynamic of. I was really confident that I knew the scenarios. I knew where Notre Dame fit. I knew the challenges. I knew how it was shaping up and in and, and, and position. 
And it just feels like lately, the last couple of years, we're getting to where I, it's it's like I, I'm uncomfortable because I just don't know how any of this is going to go or if it's going to be good or bad for us or for anybody else or college football overall. Maybe it all ends up great. But I have no idea. And it's causing me existential college football anxiety. Not, not specifically Notre Dame anxiety. I mean college football anxiety. To where it just feels like we're racing away as fast as we can from what we all view college football as. And I don't know how to process that. I don't know how to process that. It, it, it just feels like we're getting every day further and further away from what we all consider to be college football. And I get that, like, you know, you'll hear people say, uh, by the way, phone lines are up. We could talk about anything. It's a Friday. We're not into spring ball yet. Talk whatever you want to talk. Proposed expansion, Notre Dame to the Big Ten, 14 team playoffs, soon to be full on March Madness. What, what were you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And I just, I can't, I can't resist feeling like the more this goes on, the less it feels like college football. And I don't know if everybody's going to like that. And I say that, but we're all going to watch no matter what. Ain't that the thing? Like when it all comes down to it, isn't that the, the point of all this and why everybody's so emboldened to do whatever they want and could completely change the sport? We're all going to watch no matter what. I Like I think. I have a hard time. I have a hard time thinking. Anybody's going to be like, well... We expanded the playoff. This no longer feels like the college football my grandpa grew up with. I'm not watching it. Like, I may have these complaints, or it might not feel like any, like Notre, like Notre Dame or college football, but we're all still going to watch. We're all still going to watch. Chief Brody says, have some shame. I have a lot of shame. Have you seen Notre Dame's uh, big game record my entire life? How much shame do I need to have? I'm just asking, how much shame do I have to have? I've, I've watched Notre Dame football in, fail at every big moment for 30 years. How much more shame do I have to add to the list? <laughs> Our major bowl game record my entire life is my shame. And I wear it around. You can see it on my face. You can see, you know, no, you can't see it in my face. You can see it in my hairline. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Brian, Brian, this, it does feel, it does feel like that. <clears throat> 740, you're coming up. The innocence of big time college sports is officially gone. They're pros now. That's kind of what it feels like. Um, Dr. John says change is inevitable. We roll with it or we bail. I bailed on the PGA Tour. Man, there's a lot of people that feel that way. That's another one, Dr. John. It does not feel the same. It does not feel the same. Ever since you had the division between the live guys and the PGA guys, 
and people splitting time or some cutting bait and going overseas and all that. I, something else that just, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't, it doesn't align. And when you watch the product now, it feels different. It is a different look, a different feel. Um, Man, it's just, these are weird times. And, and I'm not trying, here's the other thing. People are like, change, you know, change is constant. You're always going to have change, whatever's going. A uh, couple phone calls. We're going to go to you guys, give you some time, shoot wherever you want. Talking about, you know, change is constant, change is natural. Everything naturally evolutionizes over time and all that. I have no issue with that. But my, my concern is it isn't just change for change's sake. It's the speed of the changes and the drastic nature of the changes that are a little bit alarming to me. Like I expect a certain amount of evolution and change and getting with the times and things slowly shifting from one thing to into modern time. That's all normal. The speed and the amount of these changes so much so fast is what's getting me. Um, but at the end of the day, here's probably what everybody's figuring. And they're right. Like more games is more money. And that's going to drive everything. End of discussion. I don't think anything else matters to the people doing all this, right? Like when you're like, what's the downside of expanding the playoff to 16 or whatever. There is no downside for the people making that decision because more games equals more money and we're all going to watch and I'm going to do a show about those playoff games, whether Notre Dame's in it or not. The whole machine builds even bigger and it keeps on moving. And then the other, <laughs> think about this too. Think about this. It's like, uh, it's like, well, if Here's how I see it. And I don't know how anybody could disagree. The more teams that end up being in the playoff, the more you're devaluing regular season games because it's a wider net for more teams to be able to lose more games in the regular season and still make the, the tournament. And it's not do or die every week in, in this regular season to determine who makes the playoff and it even has a chance to win a championship. Fine. It's we're all going to watch anyways. You could be like, man, with all this, this regular season game isn't do or die and make or it doesn't matter. You're going to watch. We're all going to watch. So it doesn't matter what these people do. We're all going to watch. So for them, I think it's carte blanche to do whatever you want as much as you want. Because we're all stuck. We're all addicted. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to complain about things and then still tune in every day. Are you kidding me? Like, that's how this is going to go for a lot of people, I believe. Um, Chief says, no, I'll stop watching and find better uses of my limited time on earth. I don't, I I do not have that in me. Like this, maybe my sports world, I'm having frustrate. I'm having frustrations with all my sports, you guys. I only care about college football and that has me on edge. I care about the White Sox and I'm boycotting. I'm not going to one game. I don't care if it's free. I'm not giving them any money. I'm out. 
I'm not watching the White Sox till the owner passes away and his son sells the team and somebody who cares about a good baseball product is in charge. I'm out on the White Sox. There goes my whole summer. And the golf is bugging me too. It's it's totally a whole different thing. Now you have this live thing. It's all messed up. So I, I don't... I'm just struggling to put it all together. Yeah, that's interesting, Roger Dodger. I don't need your players requesting more playoff games, not once. That's the other thing, you guys. Nobody can believe. We got a few callers. Now, I need to kick it to you guys. Let me do some super chats, and then we'll do that. Um, Never, ever, ever let any college official and AD anybody, never let anybody from now on tell you anything they do has anything to do with what's best for these guys. It doesn't. It doesn't. All the travel, like with some of this and the extra games all in a row, uh, it, it isn't about that anymore. They used to be, oh, what about the student athlete? That's all over. This is all about making the most amount of money for the power players involved. That's it. That's it. As far as those players talking about, um, those players talking about, oh, that's juicy, Sean. We'll get to that. Um, Man, I just think it's just rough. If you really want to piss the socks off, start watching the Cubs. We have plenty of room on our bandwagon. That's the one thing that will never happen. Uh, that'll never happen in a million years. So, it would be, I've always said this to my Cub fan friends, whenever they give the White Sox a hard time about not having as many people there or as big of a fandom and people at the games and in the neighborhood, the White Sox stadium is between a major highway and, and a train track, okay? It's not Wrigleyville. There's not, it's not the team's bad, but we could go drink our face off at 10 fun bars and on the way. No, it ain't that. If the baseball's bad, there's no reason to go. And I don't go. It's that simple. It's that simple. So whatever. Let's do a couple up. Uh, let's do a couple super chats. Welcome in, everybody. $20 holler from the V1 Rotate. Thank you very much, sir. Very loyal with these donations. You do auto bids. Conference championship games won't matter anymore. People will sit out like bowl games. Why risk yourself if the game doesn't matter? How does the second most popular sport have the least structured postseason? That's another. Here we go. That's the other thing. On the upside, you see more games, more entertainment, more money for everybody, blah, 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 blah. But that's another thing I don't think fully gets thought out is the downstream effects of a lot of these decisions. You don't know the, the unwanted consequences till you're already in something and it's too late. Um, do you end up in a situation where a team that's in playoff position, there's no point to play? I don't know. I don't know, man. It's wild. I already told you it started to rub me the wrong way. You know what really started flipping some of this in my my brain was when I started hearing Notre Dame players were even pulling the, if you don't give me more NIL, I'm not playing in the bowl game card. More than one person approached Freeman 
in my understanding, and had some variation of, if you don't do a little, kick me a little something else in NIL, I ain't playing in that bowl game. Man, I, I know it's a modern sport and all this. It's just, how, how am I not supposed to have that rub me the wrong way? Where maybe I just need to grow, grow up and get over it? Hearing that about some Notre Dame guys where they're like kind of like holding Freeman up here. If you don't come up with 150 more, I'm not playing in the bowl game. What do you think? I don't, man, I just don't think that's what this is supposed to look like. I just don't think that's what this is supposed to look like. And it is what it is. It is what it is. All right, a couple chats, then we're going to give it to the callers. Um, I didn't even do my intro today. We got right into this. So whatever. We're 17 minutes in. I'm not going to do the intro now. You know where to go. Hit subscribe if you're here for the first time. <laughs> Man, it just got just I just went sideways on this one. Totally went sideways. Oh man. John, uh, morning, John. Did you catch Josh Pate's recent ND video? He's about as fair as, as anybody could be with ND. Appreciate a media guy like that. Josh Pate's pretty darn fair. One of the most fair guys in the entire country, actually. He has the perfect job. He's the perfect guy to thread that needle nationally, do all the SEC stuff, but be fair. He's really balanced. And I did see one of his video titles. I think it was the first of the two we did about Notre Dame. And it was something about like everybody's misunderstanding Notre Dame. It was something to that effect about nobody's understanding Notre Dame. Like, yeah, the, the guy gets it. And he just doesn't come to the table with the automatic Notre Dame hate. So many people have that they bring to the table to any discussion. It's just there. I don't think he has that. Or if he does, he hides it very well, to be fair. So I don't know. Should go straight to a 16-team playoff, although an argument could be made for giving uh, top two conference winners a bye. Well, if you go to 12 and then you're going to go to 14, I think we can all figure out in two years where it's going to go next. If you have 14 they're going to want to call it the college football sweet 16. And I just don't know where it ends. I don't know. I don't know where it goes. I don't know where it ends. And again, we're all going to watch. John's going to be sitting here and going, oh man, I have an extra month and a half of games to cover on YouTube. Beautiful. Like, like I know I'm going to do that. It, 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 it's just unbelievable. Our views don't matter as much as the views of television execs and the money they make from commercials. Yeah, that's obviously right. My request, Ohio Pod, and you could tell me this. I think that's you up on the line. You could tell me this. You're right. But is there no other, is there no guardrail? Like, you're right. But is there no guardrail on the other side to kind of balance that out? Because you know that that's the priority of a, a bunch of people involved here is the money and more, more, more is more money, blah, 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 blah. Keep pressing the gas. Is there no like other side of that 
trying to keep us kind of in a line here or like, okay, I understand why we want to do that. But what about these six ancillary issues that could come off of it? How do we address those? How do we look ahead and first see problems with this? What, what, like I, that's the issue. I don't see any other side reining it in and trying to find like a middle ground. We're just off to the races. And when I say off to the races, what I really mean is the big 10 and the sec setting up whatever they want. That's kind of what this has turned into. And I'm not saying that's wrong. Power is power. And there's power in every situation. Those are the two groups that have it. And they're going to push to do whatever they want to do. And you either get with the program or you don't. But those are the two groups dictating everything to me. Looks like. $5 out from the V1. In the words of the Twitter geniuses, John, stop complaining. Start your own league if you don't like it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. We used to have, uh, um, that used to happen with Kelly all the time. I'm going to the calls in a second. I promise that it used to happen with Kelly all the time. Kelly would win a lot of games, fail on the big stage, not change anything with recruiting and rinse and repeat and do it year after year after year till my hair fell out. And when I would go on Twitter and complain about that, a bunch of people would always say, if you're not happy with how it's going, pick another team. Tell me you know nothing about how college fandom works. A response like that tells me you have no idea how fandom works at all. If you don't like it, pick another team. I didn't pick Notre Dame. Are you out of your mind? That's the issue with that is the assumption that I picked something. This is who I am. It isn't a choice. There wasn't an age where as a little kid, I had a bunch of hats up there and I picked Notre Dame. If you don't like it, pick another team. I didn't pick this team. This is who I am. It's not an option. It's not movable. It is not adaptable. It cannot transfer to anything else. This whole thing is who I am. It's not a choice. And I automatically, right away, I know that's not even a real fan. You have no idea what all this is about if you think it's as simple as choosing a team to like, like you pick what pants to wear that day. I don't know anyone who lives that way. I hate it when people say that to me, but they said it all the time in the Kelly era. If this isn't good enough, pick another team. I never picked this team. I want the one I'm a part of to be good. Pick another team. $5 holler from Philip. Good morning from New Mexico, John. Love my Irish. Love watching you. Well, thank you, sir. That really means a lot. Thank you very much. All right. Let's see what the callers have. Everything in sports and other important things to me have drastically changed and not necessarily for the better either, especially in college football and college basketball. Tom, you know, I just think guys like me and you, we're just dinosaurs, Tom. We got to get with the program. We got to get modern. We got to get with it. Oh, man. I, I don't know. It's 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 wild. And I think the next step of this may be eventually a full breakaway from the NCAA. That part, I wouldn't be surprised if they do let the initial playoff go a little bit. And then maybe you start seeing some framework of the powers that be breaking away from the NCAA just for football, creating their own 
government, like uh, not register, governmental regulatory board with their own little whatever. It's power, it's power, it's power. I'm just struggling. TechSMD says, you seem down today, John. I'm, I don't want to say down. I have this anxiety that I, I don't feel as familiar with the sport that I used to feel like I, I knew exactly where everything stood. Does that make sense? I feel uncomfortable because I used to know where all this stood and now everything's just in flux and I don't know where the sport is overall. And I definitely don't know where Notre Dame's going to fall, uh, but I know it's going to be entertaining. And I know a lot of people are going to watch. That doesn't mean that it's best for the sport or the purest way to go about this. Um, so I don't know. Seven four zero. What do you know? I got a couple more calls. We'll keep it moving today on a Friday. What's going on, Mister Kennedy? How are you doing, my my good Irish Catholic friend? I am doing very well, and I am excited to be able to join your program Sunday evening. <laughs> hey, I got to give you a compliment, my man. Oh, uh, we did our first call-in show yesterday. Yeah, that was rough, brother. Like the first thirty minutes was chaotic and i gotta i gotta hand it to you man like you make it look smooth brother i was i was, well, I was swimming upstream and drowning there for the first part of the show but we got it we got her straightened out by the know, what do you mean by that like what do you mean you mean it's just a little chaotic when you throw in the calls as far as managing the whole show and like producing it kind of it's hard to manage all that at once is that what you mean well that we had a major delay. I like actually had to stop the uh, actually had to stop uh, the call in studio and restart it because uh, <laughs> there was like a terrible delay. And I don't know if it was the streaming service we were using or what, but every test we ran before went well, it was great. And then when we started the show, it was kind of bad. But yeah. hey, um, anyways, just want to give you a compliment on that, man. You make it smooth. I also realized this is why. You do topics because every caller wanted to talk about their own thing. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of wild. And you just, the other thing is, man, the call-in thing is not for everybody. You have to have the personality to be willing to let people rip wherever they want to rip to and kind of follow with them. And like, it's a little bit, it's not for everybody, that format. You got to roll with the punches and be comfortable kind of, Eric, think about it. You're giving up some control of your program when you bring a caller in because it's not you dictating everything we're talking about. And then you have to be able to react on the fly. Like, it's just a new thing, man. I love it, though. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're excited. It's, it's definitely going to grow our show. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, compliments to you. John, you know, you and I are closer in age to Dr. John than these kids playing football, brother. Yeah. That's, that's what we're feeling. That's what we're feeling. Yeah. Like the game is changing. These kids have changed. Like, you know, you know, we get a little gray and in the beards here yeah. and uh, yeah. we're feeling the change. I think that's the emotion that we're going through right now is that we realize this is not the game we grew up in. Um, these kids are not, you can't teach these kids. Um, Gosh, we, we have so many stories here in Ohio of high school coaches who are in trouble. And it's not because of 
anything other than these kids cannot take the verbal, um, I won't even call it abuse, just the verbal assault that coaches historically were allowed to place on us when we were athletes, the screaming and the yelling and the, yeah. you know, trying to pull out of us something. These coaches can't do that today because these kids and the parents of these children don't understand that. And so I think we have a, just a different mindset of players today. And you can use the word coddled or uh, whatever you word you want to choose, but it's just a different dynamic in today's youth than what we grew up in. Let me ask you this. Uh, I have an opinion of what you're going to see more of in college football. I think you're going to see more guys doing the Saban exit a little earlier than they would have planned on if this was five or five years ago or 10 years ago. I think you're going to start seeing this becoming a young man's game as far as college football because of the running around it takes. There's never a day off. There's more to worry about than ever. I think it's going to turn into a young man's game because the older guys don't want to give up the power and they don't want to have to do all the running around and deal with the new way these guys, these players are, I think you're going to see some older guys not want to deal with some of that and get out earlier or go be assistants, go be on TV. I really do see that becoming a trend. They're losing their power. And a lot of these guys are not going to like that. Sounds like you're describing our new offensive coordinator here in Columbus, Ohio and Chip Kelly. It was kind of in my mind, although UCLA's got a lot of they got a lot of institutional problems, too. He was looking to bail. So what do you make of that? Oh, yeah. How, how what do you make of that move? I love it personally, but it is very split here in Ohio. Uh, a lot of people were Bill O'Brien fans. Mm-hmm. And and when he left and they got Chip Kelly, there's this this concern that Ryan day will not be able to tell chip no on something that he's just going to bow to chip Kelly on everything because that's his mentor. I on the, I'm like, wait and see. I like it. I think chip Kelly might have a kind of a uh, rejuvenated sense of uh, excitement to be able to be just a play caller and OC and not have to worry about all the, politicking you have to do as a head coach of these major college football programs anymore dealing with nil dealing with boosters etc leave leave that to ryan um and and let me just call plays we'll see we'll see how that goes um but yeah i i mean it's 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 one of those things where you know i think you're right i think a lot of these coaches are just going to be like i'm out this is this isn't what i signed up for this isn't what i got in into this for and we've been predicting for a while that college football is quickly moving towards NFL light. You're yeah. going to have two divisions, yep. AFC, NFC playoffs are going to start in your divisions. You're going to have, you're going to have pods or whatever uh, groups within those conferences, even yeah. divisions within the conferences. And is, is football better for that or worse? I don't want to say it's it's worse, but I also don't feel like it's better. The one thing I keep holding on to, John, that that gives me encouragement is that 
this will always be slightly different than the NFL. Because when you go to a game on Saturday, you're going to a campus. Yeah. And on yeah. that campus, there's going to be the co-eds and there's going to be the tailgating and there's going to be the band and there's going to be the cheerleaders and there's still going to be those traditions. And those are going to always be there and at least give you that, that familiar Feel. smell and taste yeah. of college football. You know what? I like that. And it's like, it's kind of a matter of like the uncertainty and, and some of the frustration you're, that's a really good point. Enjoy what you can bottle up that hasn't changed. And that is the feel of you getting to campus at Ohio State on a game day and me be pulling into South Bend off that toll road. That's a really, really, really good point. Um, and I'm not trying to be like a grouchy dinosaur here. It's just every day. It's the next thing barreling forward. And I'm just not sure I'm just not sure if that's like what we should, where we need to be going. Um, let me ask you this, Eric. Do you think Notre Dame ends up in the Big Ten sometime? Do you think that we're headed there? I want you to, but that wasn't my question. Of course, was... you want it. That wasn't my question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're going to have to eventually, because, like I said, I think the model that the SEC and the Big Ten are pushing towards is basically trying to push out the major players from the ACC and eventually maybe the big 12. Yeah. And of course, Notre Dame is at the, at the head of that. They're just not a part of a conference in football. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I think it was Wednesday. You said, you know, we already have a hockey stick in the door. I think is how you worded it. with <laughs> The big 10. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I had a chuckle at that because I, uh, when I went to the Ohio State hockey game this year against the Notre, Notre Dame, I think I might have tagged you in a picture I took and said, see, you guys can do this conference thing pretty well. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I look at Notre Dame as being the, the piece of the puzzle here in the North that has eluded this conference hmm. for so many decades. And if, if the Big Ten, and I'm taking my Ohio State scarlet and gray glasses off and just looking at this from a conference perspective, the the thing that Notre Dame adds is just already so many great rivalries to this conference. Yeah. You know, I, dude, I, I dude Eric, Eric, you, you cracked me up on Wednesday because rather than me list all of the Big Ten matchups I would enjoy, it was a shorter list for me to just go. There's only two teams I don't have an angle on if Notre Dame played in the Big Ten. There's only two, and you knew exactly which ones they were instantly. Well, you knew, you knew right away. Too. You knew right away exactly what they were. You? No, I don't. Can you just you must think of things the way I Every do. Every team in the Big Everybody. Every team in the Big Ten outside of Penn State. Yeah. Every team in the Big Ten outside of Penn State looks over there and goes, yeah. What are those two doing yeah. here? Like, it just and doesn't then, make any sense. And then did you like my Minnesota reason? I knew someone was going to ask, ask, what do you care about Minnesota? And I said, I just want to beat their coach. That's my only intrigue, really, is just wanting to beat that guy. I, I have a rule. Nobody should be allowed to coach on the sidelines without wearing socks. 
Oh yeah, you know? that, that, okay, okay. yeah, that bothers you. The, the, that look, yeah. Oh my goodness, man! Come on, he's a clown like, I, again. I he's think, a jerk. I mean, he's a behind the scenes. He's a jerk. <laughs> that guy's got problems. But so, Eric, I get all of this. Um, I, I do. I understand it all. And here's what what I'll say. Man, it would be an easy path for Notre Dame. Like, like practically yep. with all the other sports, with academics, with the TV money, with, with geographics, with all the old rivalries you could spark back up. It all makes too much sense. That's what's throwing me off. It all makes too much damn sense. It does. It absolutely does. You know, and it's kind of funny out of all the teams geographically in your area, Ohio State is like the least like rivalry feel out of all of them because yeah. we've played the least yet when we got together, look at what we did television wise and numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, we, I mean <laughs> the television executives looked at that and was like, okay, come yeah. on. Um, um, yeah, you know, what's interesting, I think when it's all said and done, John, and then you can, you can talk to this, speak to this more than me. I think what is extremely interesting about all of this the big 10 and Notre Dame is the NBC angle. Yep. Like when it's all said and done and yep. everything is revealed, what part will NBC have played in that portion of whether you join or you remain independent? That to me is so interesting. Yeah, it really is. And then you have, you have the smoke to that, Eric, you have, you have Notre Dame's new AD being the NBC sports senior executive is the ad so he firmly has one foot in notre dame and one in nbc then then you the big 10 as the nbc deal then notre dame goes and gets their accreditation what is that the aau accreditation you have to have to be in the big 10 something mm -hmm. whatever that is notre dame went and got that yeah. i'm just telling you all of these things line up under the surface and I'm just kind of waiting for something to pop because it just feels like every direction I turn, the arrows point that way. Uh, and, and it would just be a path of least resistance. And there would be a lot of upside for Notre Dame. The, the downside would just be you. It's hard for people that aren't independent people to understand. It would feel like an existential death of what you were. It would be really hard to, to give that up. It's It's been our the thing that makes us different forever and Notre Dame people are going to have trouble giving that up if it ever happens. You know, it's interesting. <clears throat> you bring up independence, you know, back when COVID was happening and everybody was playing football, except for the PAC 12 and the big 10, you had people crying here in, in Columbus land saying, let's just go independent. And then last year yeah. with all of the <laughs> ang angst in Ann Arbor about everything that was happening, you had all the Michigan fans going, well, we'll just go independent. And it's like, these are the same people it doesn't who work like to that throw way. that in their game's face. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we'll just be independent. You know, it, it, this is a topic for, I think, for you to explore. I'd love to see you do a video on this. What schools, in your opinion, could do independence like Notre Dame has done. Yeah. I don't think there's very many. Me neither. I mean, and be successful, be who, successful. I think Texas could do it because they kind of, you know, I think Texas could do it with their brand. You guys could probably do it. Michigan could probably do it. And then what a team or two, a team down South, maybe I, I can't think of many others. 
you have to have, I think one of the aspects of it is you have to have a large enough alumni that spans coast to coast. Yeah. That I think is important or a fan base, at least, you know, not, not maybe not necessarily alumni, but yeah. at least a fan base that stretches from coast to coast so that those television markets make sense. Yeah, you. yeah, um, man, this is just getting this is getting away from us a little bit, man. I'm having so now. Wait, <laughs> now let me bring this up though. You should feel confident every day that this stuff goes on and whatever rumors of what's going to change and happen. If I'm you doing an Ohio State podcast, I wake up every morning feeling great because I know the people that are speaking and acting on my behalf are one of the two power players at the table. And you know, every day of your life, no matter what happens, your group's going to be protected and be in an advantageous spot because it's just power and that's how power works. And you you are in one of the two power positions. So you got to feel good because whatever happens, you guys are going to be sitting pretty in it because that's just how power works. I feel better with who are big 10 commissioner is now if it was still karen warren i would i would feel terrible about what what is happening because i would i'd be questioning what is his motives behind this yeah um but it is it has been made perfectly clear uh by petiti that that the whole motive behind this is to get as many big 10 teams into the college football playoff as humanly possible and if that means we have to expand the conference in order to do that, that is what we will do. But at the end of the day, he's going to bat for the Big Ten, which I feel the last commissioner did not do. And we're, we're constantly trying to keep up and battle with the SEC. And from a competitive standpoint, John, I love that because I'm a competitive person and I'm, I'm just sick and tired of all the narratives that the SEC likes to throw our way. So it's like, hey, if we can if we can get on even ground, even footing with them, then by all means, let's do it. Yeah. Um, it just stinks that in doing it, we are kind of um, changing the landscape of the college football game as we know it. Yeah, it, man, this is going to be really interesting. Uh, I, I just, um, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it, I'm feeling just a little unstable, uncomfortable. Like, like I, I should know more about the sport I cover every day than I do, but nobody can know it. You know what I mean? Because it's just all these changes, yeah. man. I, so I don't know. And um, so I don't know, Eric. And then you got to come up with some juicy new angles for Sunday when I join you. Come up with some something to, to get me going or get me worked um, up. Whatever well, angle, I'll tell you right now. Whatever angle you want to go. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. One of the things that'll get you going is the fact that the Buckeye Leaf is much greater than the Clover, my man. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, one of much them, one, yeah, because one of them you could smoke and go to another land, and the other one doesn't do anything for you. I, I just, I can't do it with that helmet. There's too much going on, Eric. There's way, way too much going on. <laughs> John, it's gonna be awesome having you on Sunday, Sunday night, eight o'clock Eastern, seven your time. Uh, we invite all of your. Uh, closest Irish Catholic friends to come in the chat. We'll have a great time and uh, talk uh, Notre Dame Big Ten. What's what's up? What's, uh, 
Yeah. What's it, it going to take? It'll be really. We'll, yeah. We'll fix it for. We'll fix it for him. Yeah. John. That's what we'll do. Let's get into we'll all. Let's him. get into all those details uh, on Sunday. So you know, and I have a lot of thoughts. So we can bring it wherever you want, and then just send me that link Sunday, and, and we'll hook it up, man. Thanks for jumping on in. Congratulations on getting your show up and running fully. And Adam in here said he he said you did a good job cleaning up that delay live, working that out. So you're getting some credit here from that. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. We're gonna do another live tonight. Our podcast turns five years old tonight. Wow. So we're having a yeah, we're having a celebration. We're having a party and we're revealing some having a big announcement, revealing something pretty cool that we're doing, the next step to this thing. And uh, nice. uh Thank you to thank you to you for uh, kind of coaching me along on this. Oh, I appreciate that. No John. problem. And then, uh, yeah, maybe Sunday we could off the air. We could talk more about some of the other stuff you have cooking too. Deal. Sounds great, my man. Take care. Have a good Friday. Have a good one, Eric. Thanks for calling, man. Uh, we'll be joining uh, the Ohio Pod Sunday night and see what they're gonna gonna shoot at me, um, Jack. All right, here's the deal. Did anybody? Yeah, we're gonna bring up. We'll we'll find out that uh, stallion news here in a second. Um, did anybody see Jack's going away interview? It's on my list to go over. Uh, Jack met with one of the outlets. I think it was always uh, not always Irish. He would never do that. Irish Illustrated. It did a going away retirement interview. It it was awesome. It was awesome. This guy was sitting up there saying, you know what the problem with all this is? He's literally, Jack was saying, you know what the problem with all this is? You have people in their basements that are speaking as if they know what's going on and they don't really know. And we got to quit letting people in their basements put narratives out. (laughs) He literally said that and it made my day. He literally called out people reporting from their basement as if they know what's going on. You know what else Jack said? And I'm going to do on Patreon. I'm doing a full breakdown of this on Patreon. You know what else he also said? He said, by the way, it was my idea to bring Ludwig on that hockey game public date. He goes, it was my suggestion to do that. And I still can't understand what the uproar was about. Bro, I'm glad you're retiring. I'm glad you're retiring. Like, if if that's what we're going to do here, you do need to retire. He was like, I don't understand why it was such a big deal that we did the hockey game thing. I For the life of me, I can't understand it. It's like, bro, you're the AD. You need to understand how these things look. Like, but he was saying to these guys, you know, you just can't have people at home in their basement talking like they know what's going on. And I can't respond to everything that's like not true. You know, it, it, it's just it's a riot. So I love it. He didn't say in your mom's basement. He just said, I'm sick of people in their basement talking about stuff like they know what's going on. Dude. <laughs> Jack's a weird cat, man. Just. To hear him converse, he's not cold or rude or arrogant. Like, in, like not that. Not like, Kelly, I'm too cool for everything. No, there's just something. 
there's something weird with Jack's personality. It, it It's a little quirky, like not rude, not really even like talking down to you the way Kelly did. There's just some little quirk to his personality that makes it awkward back and forth and all that. But I almost drove off the road. I was running errands. I had that interview going. And, and they asked him, like, what, what are some of the challenges you see? And he's like, well, for media, I don't know how we could ever get the truth out when you have people in their basement saying whatever they want. <laughs> the fact that Jack thought they could mess that Ludwig thing up as much as they did and not get called out is amazing. It's amazing to think that you could do that and then lie about it, and then we're all going to just accept it, is hilarious. And I refuse to let it happen. I refuse to let it happen. It's 859, and then I got a couple more callers after that. 937-757, you're coming up. 859, what's going on, man? Big win for uh, the ladies, huh? Big win for the ladies. Yeah, it was my... I'm sorry, John. Big win for the ladies. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they got a huge game on Sunday, so hopefully they can... The key it's for the number four seed, so they get the double buy in the tournament. All right, Tim. Um, Tim, I got so, Tim. I got something serious to bring up to you. I'm I'm scared to do it on a okay. Friday, brother. I'm scared to do it on a Friday. You are one of the most Notre Dameiest Notre Dame people I have ever met. You live and die all the time with everything, not just football, but every single sport you are totally into. You are a Notre Dame traditionalist, been been alive through the glory years. I want to know how you feel about all these potential changes and where Notre Dame fits in it and how it would change your fandom or how you look at things because we're in some weird new territory, brother. It, it would depression a little bit, but we've known it for two years. Um, it used to be you had to win one, one game or go undefeated to win the national title. Then it expanded to two. Now it's four. Excuse me, I'm battling the cold. Yeah. Um, who is it? It's, who is it, Tim? Like, yeah. it's easier to be like, who's healthy? Because everywhere I go, everybody's coughing and hacking. <laughs> but um, they're just reclassifying it. I think the test case would have been this year. I wish we could have gotten the two losses or better. But would we have gotten in the playoffs with two losses? That's going to be the benchmark. Do we still get in? Because mm. all they're doing is they it's for the first until they expand to 14 is they're taking the final four, which they still have now. And then the, the big four. So that's 12 teams. And they're just now you have a shot, even if you're in one of those minor bowl games to still play for a national title. So that isn't that big a shock and change. I mean, and if you look at it, the teams that are going to get the automatic bids usually are the ones that are there anyway. You get three to four teams out of the SEC and three to four teams out of the Big Ten normally. So that's not a culture shock. Where the culture shock for me is going to be if we have to go, if we are forced into the Big Ten. People got to know the history of that they didn't want us. That's how we. That's how we built the school. Yep. That's why we weren't. We wanted just a small Catholic school in the Midwest. Yep. Now we have to accept mm-hmm. that. That's that's going to be a bitter pill for me to swallow. It really is. And people are just kind of blase with it. No, the older you are, I think anybody over fifty is going to say no. I mean, they're not going to want that. I mean, yeah. there was an outlash back. I was I was just starting my IRS career back in like ninety one, ninety two, and they were there was a big push to go to the thing, and the alumni went nuts. It was a hundred percent do not go, and the and they and they backed off going to Big Ten. But I mean, if if, if we're forced into that, I I guess we're gonna be. Now, but I now, mean, Tim, I will say this: 
if that happened, you're going to have the reaction and the traditionalist and a lot of people like me that are going to be disappointed. Some people are going to lie and say, I'm done with Notre Dame. I'm not watching anymore. And they're still going to watch. People will eventually move on. I will say this, though, Tim. If you played that Big Ten schedule with who they have added from the West Coast jumping in it, you keep USC, spark up all these rivalries again. People would love that schedule. They would like that schedule way more than this half-ass ACC deal. They would love that Big Ten schedule. It would be a, a game you care about almost every week. That part of it, I don't think you could deny. That would be a really fun schedule most weeks. Well, the other thing you better get used to, every game will be at night. Because you know, if yeah. even our way, because yeah. NBC has the rights. Yeah. You, you think they're not going to put Notre Dame Michigan at night or Notre Dame Ohio State at night or yeah. – like you said, every game's going to matter. So we're basically—I I would be willing to bet out of our twelve-game se season, a minimum ten would be all night. At oh night. man, jeez! Unless they cap it, but I doubt it. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's rough, man. And so I—I I don't know, Tim. It, it's a lot of moving. It's a lot of moving parts here. Um, and and I really need. You know, I look at what Notre Dame could control in this. Like, like, what can we control with all these moving parts? You could control being good at football. And you could control this year getting in that playoff and making a run and winning a couple games or more. And let everybody know Notre Dame's here. Whatever this playoff is going to be, Notre Dame's going to be involved every year. We're planning our flag. And just figure however many spots there are, there's one less because Notre Dame's going to be there. That's what I want Notre Dame people to think about. That's all you could do is control what you can control. Get in there and let it be known. <clears throat> yeah, and what, and I say water down our schedule so that, you know, we, we, obviously we're going to play the normal three that we do, but I wouldn't be scheduling that much tougher outside of that because the ACC ultimately is screwing us. I mean, what they did to us in the bowl game, I'd be looking for Notre Dame to find a loophole um, to get out of it. I mean, I have zero trust in the ACC after yeah. they pulled that stunt. Um, somebody asked, when is the Notre Dame ACC deal up? I do not know that answer. What, like, how long that partial five game deal runs? I don't know when that goes, it runs up. I don't know. I think it's at least for 10 to 12 more years. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was that. So then I wonder. I, I'm pretty sure. And wow. Because we're in 24. I think it goes into the 30s. That man, that's interesting. So then, what would be involved then if Notre Dame wanted to join the Big Ten? Do they have to pay some bit buyout to get out of that deal? Oh, yeah. it's, it's a it's a huge buy it's a huge buyout. The only thing that can probably save them is if the if the if the, the thing all collapses. Yeah, well, it could be that, or you do the math and you figure even if it's a big buyout, you'll make it back in the Big Ten money within a few years, and then it's all plus after that. Like that's the other way to look at it too. Yeah. Yeah, but the ACC is viable. I don't know. I think it could be two super conferences, and then everybody else is just going to, you know, it's going to be like rec football. Oh, almost. check this out, Tim. Pat, uh, our buddy Pat writes, no, the Big Ten will just pay the buyout to get Notre Dame. It'll be a win-win. And I think that's a really, really good point, because if the Big Ten wants them, and they will, then they will go ahead and do that. Also, Tim, this is what popped into my mind. My mind. Tom says, 2036. And if I'm not dreaming, I think 2036 might be when their bad TV deals up. I have that in my brain for some reason that that's when their horrible TV deal ends 
and circles back around. And I think maybe that lines right up with Notre Dame's deal with them. But that Big Ten thing makes perfect sense. I guess they could just buy it out and they have all the money in the world. $65 well, million? That, 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 if that's the case, and if Pat's right, and they're willing to do that, then yeah, that, that makes me even more depressed because that tells me we're inching even closer and closer because Notre Dame doesn't like to spend money. So if they they get saved that, that buyout, wow. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man, it's, it's a changing world and I'm focused on what I need to change my mind from all these bigger picture, uncomfortable anxieties. Cause I just don't know where we're going to fit in all this and really try and focus more on what's in front of us and what Notre Dame can control. The better you are at football this year, the, the better this is all going to be. So I, well, you just need to get in this playoff, win a game, and then we get cooking. That needs to be the end next year, Tim. It's the only acceptable outcome. Right. Yeah. We have to make, yeah, we have to make, it's loser bust. We have to make the playoffs this year and it starts with game one. So we have, we have to have a great year and then you build off that because then that'll feed recruiting and then you go into year two. Then we'll worry about if they expand it. So, but yeah, we cannot have a bust this year because it's year three and Dr. Jones, I don't get why he thinks that's a myth. We've had five coaches win a title. They all did it in their third year. Yeah. It's, it's just weird how that is all lined up historically. It's weird. And even I mean, Kelly got there in his third year. Like he, it ultimately didn't right. work out, but he got there in the third year. So it does seem like there might be something to that. Um, you know, as as far as how that goes, I don't know, Tim. This is just a, it's a lot to keep up with. And Notre Dame's trying; they're trying to get modern. They're trying to stay with the times. They really are trying. It's just, uh, it's not the easiest thing to do. So I, I don't know, man. It's these are wild times. I, I never thought I'd see things. Tim, I never thought I'd see things change this fast. The the changes on their own don't shock me. The speed of all the changes does. Like like they we have rushed down the road on a lot of this stuff, and uh, and that's what surprises me. Yeah, well, it all comes down to one thing: is money. But can I ask you one quick question? I know you can't give names, but you, you know how you're bringing up about the players that were went more in and out of playing the bowl game. Yeah. Was that seniors or was it, did that underclassmen that have a chance that they're coming back and playing next year? Yeah. Because that'll set one hell of a precedent. Yeah, it was, you know? it was somebody, one of them specifically was somebody that could have optioned to come back and then ultimately did not. Um, yeah, okay. so somebody who did have some time left uh, and a starter too. So whatever. Well, These I mean, I, yeah, they'll be sitting well. It is what it is, but... Well, you have a great weekend, man, and I hope you still continue to feel better. Oh, thanks, Tim, man. I really appreciate it, and uh, keep up keep up with the intensity, man. I love how much you love everything Notre Dame. It warms my little heart. When I get a rant text from you, <laughs> when I get a four-paragraph vulgarity-laden text from you about any little Notre Dame thing, it warms my heart. Like, you need to know, I just <laughs> smile inside. My phone vibrates. I pick it up. It's you with paragraphs of vulgarity about some Notre Dame issue. It warms my little Irish soul, man. I love that kind of stuff. It keeps me going. I love it. So never change and just and lean right into it, Tim. I love it. I'm too old to change. Yeah, it's too late <laughs> now. Under if, I, if I change. Yeah, we've we've went this many decades. There's no you can only go out this way, man. I love it. Hang in there, buddy. Have a good weekend. At least with a title, please. Yeah, please. For please. all of one us. One more title. I don't want I don't want my class to be the last one. Hey, you told me 
years ago, when you started getting involved in this show, you told me years ago, you said, John, if we ever win a title, you're coming to hang out with me and I'm going to take care of you. and We're going to party a little bit. I'm holding you to that. If we win, we're doing that and it will be glorious. Okay. Yes. No doubt. All on me. No doubt. Oh, no baby. doubt. Man, I hope, we, I hope we get that opportunity, Tim. Thanks for the call. Have a good weekend, buddy. You too. Take care and God bless. Yep. Oh, man. He was pretty calm today. Somebody might want to go check on him. He was pretty calm. <laughs> he was pretty calm. Uh, 937, you're coming up. I want to hear this story. Corey Dean, what's going on, baby? The only way ND joins a conference is one, because of money, two, because they come out with some rules that say an independent program can't compete for the title. Yeah, something like that makes sense. Something like that makes perfect sense. Um, there's a lot of things that line up. I mean, the money is the money. They like the academic overlap. They would love the schedule. The access to the playoff would be the same. All of that. Think about the home for all the other sports. We're just worried about football and all that, but all the other sports, the women's sports, the Olympic sports, it's a good match with the Big Ten. Listen, no one, Blyberg, you might be onto something there. Nobody, no one, no one could tell me they wouldn't very much prefer a Notre Dame Big Ten schedule to the ACC thing. And you know what else people are starting to say? If Notre Dame, think about this. If Notre Dame wanted to stay independent and, and go down that path, try and do it in perpetuity, people are already starting to ask, isn't the amount of schools that want to go out of conference to schedule Notre Dame going to go down as we get more into that playoff thing where people are just going to try and not lose just to get into the tournament? So why schedule Notre Dame? Do like Michigan. Decide. We are not playing anyone with a pulse in the non-conference because it just makes no sense. It makes no sense. And nobody ever... I'm still waiting. Uh, I'm still waiting for that playoff committee to get up there and go, you know what? I don't care that this team's undefeated. They haven't played anybody good, that we're not ranking them that high. That's never happened. It's never, I, I've never seen it. They talk about how much that matters, straight the record, straight the skip. But when it comes down to it, they never have docked anybody. And the reason being is they don't play anybody good. We're dropping them. Like, where were they saying Michigan went out of their way to schedule four high school teams in their non-conference? We're docking them for that. That's cowardice scheduling. That's never going to happen in a million years. It's never going to happen in a million years. 937, what's going on? Good morning. Hey, John. It's your favorite Buckeye fan. How are you? Well, I think you're going to have some competition there. Apparently, I'm getting friendly with Eric over at the Ohio podcast. I know. I'm starting to, what the hell is going on here? I'm getting uncomfortable with everything in my life. Now I got two Ohio State friends. It's two more than I've had the last 30 years. Jesus. Um, you got you got two, two nuts on your show now. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, but, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, now wait. Set this up for the group that didn't see your chat. You yeah. you have some maybe additional information yeah. about Connor Stallions here? Yes, 
as uh, if you don't think things in life can get crazier with a story like uh, the Connor Stallions Michigan cheating scandal, um, there's been a new tie that's that's come out on this and uh, pretty recently, and it's very interesting. So back in 2017, Connor Stallions was um, at uh, Navy. He was a Navy cadet um, yeah. at the academy. Yep. And uh, back then, he was you know eyeing his way into getting into coaching, and to try to figure out uh, you know how to how to do that. And uh, that was the first year, 2017, that Navy had lost the Army in like almost a dozen years. And, um, so Connor Stallions was able to get a meeting with a bunch of the management and a bunch of the directors and, and, uh, the president there, um, about a scheme that he had developed to steal signs, like a reconnaissance type of deal. And, uh, um, he developed this scheme and he presented it to them. They, uh, in turn told him, get the hell out of here. This is definitely against the honor code. And, uh, so then he went packing and, uh, he went to Michigan, uh, pretty shortly after that. I think, uh, the next season he was at Michigan in 2018 working for free for them. And, uh, Ohio State and at the end of 2018, at the end of that game versus Michigan, they found a couple of different, um, flyers on the sideline from the Michigan side. And one of them they found, which was put up on Twitter by Zach Smith showed Ohio state, uh, signal, like, uh, drawn signals of, uh, how the guys would position themselves, how they would call the signal. It was a kind of a basic form of what developed later. Right. Well, the president at Navy who heard the spiel given by stallions, is, was he ended up becoming the president over at Nebraska and was there for a couple of years. And then this year he was hired by Ohio State to be the president. Hmm. So apparently hmm. Ohio State's president is in with the NCAA on trying to bust this because he knows about the spiel and the original intent of Connor Stallion. So he has direct knowledge of this. Which is very interesting how how all of the how all of the webs we weave <laughs> kind of comes back to bite us, right? Man, but so this it, is very interesting. It's right? always it's one of those things where you're like, there's so much smoke here. There's got to be a fire, but how did it start? And how does it keep like it's wild? All of this. It, how is this going to end, man? How is this going to end? Because I'm I'm we are led to believe presently. They're working on all that behind the scenes, the disciplinary thing, right? How is this going to end for them and when? Do you have any idea? Yeah, so I I think it's going to end, well, I'm just going off a gut feeling. Is that too, like where there was so much smoke with this, there's fire, right? Well, there's so much smoke out there that they're really working on this and, and trying to put something together that I think there's definitely going to be some sort of fire. I also was just seeing how the Michigan coaches reacted and, and left the team. And, and, and uh, you know, you had some guys leave the team that or went to the draft that had a year or two left. Uh, but you're like, oh, maybe he's not quite ready. So um, 
Yeah, I think that there's some smoke there um, that is also signaling to me that there's going to be some fire there. Uh, uh, but, I, I, you know, I'm not really sure uh, how it's going to end but up. Like, dude, do, but, like, dude, I do, do think do that they have the balls? Do they have the balls to go, we have all this stuff, you guys blew it, all those games you won all those years are now losses and we're, you don't have this, we're not recognized in this championship. Like, is that one of the outcomes here? Or or are they just going to slap them on the wrist and go, you have reduced restrictions on recruiting for a while, don't do this again, and we all move on? Like, I don't know. I have no idea what to expect whenever they decide what they're going to decide. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I do. I think that I think definitely a guy like John Harbaugh is going to be he's going to have like a five year show cause or something where he's not going to be allowed to coach. In college football. Yeah, I think that's going to come out. I, I, I think that's for sure. I also think yeah, but uh, that doesn't matter. That uh, doesn't mean anything, though, because he doesn't want to. He already got his way. He doesn't want to be in college football, so that's yeah, no he, punishment. He doesn't want to now, but he doesn't want to now. But you know how John Harbaugh is. He is. Uh, he's not long for teams. You know uh, that that hire him. I mean, look at San Francisco. He wasn't long there. You know, he's kind of weird in that sense. So <laughs> kind of weird. Mean, he's kind of weird in every sense. Yes, yes. He's not his brother's a lot more normal than him. But, oh, John's uh, a joy, isn't he? John, you know, the you, other thing John Harbaugh. Like, John Harbaugh's from Earth. And I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> the the other thing I'm saying too is like their fans are posting a lot of things that are just completely false. And remember a week ago, you were talking about how, hey, is Caleb Downs, is that, is that legit? That was actually from the Michigan uh, fandom, and they're trying to get fire going. So it's just uh, that, you know, it's just um, you're, you're seeing kind of what's happening. I think they're, I think they realize that they got some bad times coming. I'm not sure as far as what they're going to give, as far as if they're going to take away the, the championship or not. I don't know. I doesn't really matter. I mean, it, I mean, if they do take it away, uh, they're still going to celebrate it. So, I, I mean, at that, I, I just want their team to be destroyed moving forward. I just, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. And then um, let me ask this. I meant to ask Eric this. Maybe I will Sunday. Let me ask you this. How do you guys feel about, sure. forget Notre Dame, coming to the Big Ten, just the expansion overall, the elimination of the divisions, playing more of a round robin, adding in the West Coast teams into the Big Ten. How do Ohio State people feel about that part of this? Because I could see some Ohio State people saying, you know what, the old format, we did pretty well in all those years, and and maybe we don't want that to change because it opens things up a little bit more. Um, because you guys were one of the two power players in the way it was forever. How do you look at all this as an opportunity or do you look at it like, I don't like this. It kind of opens things up in a new way. Yeah. Um, I would say um, it's kind of like being on a, uh, on a roller coaster that you don't like to go on to, but it's a really exciting when it happens. Uh, but then at the end, you're kind of like, Oh, you're kind of queasy. Um, so that's kind of how it feels like to me. Like I really personally like the idea of having, you know, the Pac-12, they're the West Coast. The ACC is the East Coast. You know, the Big Ten's the Midwest. I really like having that. Um, 
But I'll, I'll be honest, it is super exciting now that that's kind of been uh, done away with. That it's super exciting to see, like, um, you know, this talk with Florida State coming into the Big yeah, Ten. Man, that would be and interesting. Then, uh, you know what? I can't. Michigan, you know, Florida dude, State and dude. Yeah. I cannot tell you how intrigued I am to see USC playing a Big Ten schedule. Like for a Notre Dame guy, in, for a Notre Dame guy who lives smack darn in the middle of Big Ten country, the I, I am genuinely intrigued to just watch them play a Big Ten schedule week in and week out, see how they handle it, and see if they can kind of like where their footing is entering this, like what level of this new big 10, where are they going to be at most years? Like that part, I'm really interested to see. Yeah. You know, the other thing it's there's just so many moving balls in college football, unlike any other sport. I mean, with the whole NIL and, and with players and um, you know, they took away the NCAA football game. Now it's coming back. And players are getting played to be on that game. Uh, it's it's just it is just so crazy. Just in that respect, then you have the whole landscape is changing. The playoffs are changing. You know, coaches, historic coaches are leaving. You know, and it's basically bankrupting a program when the when a historic coach leaves. Like it is just <laughs> it's 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 honestly the funnest sport to cover now. I mean, yeah. it's even funner than the NFL. Yeah, it's oh, oh, and dude, selfishly, here's the other thing. I'm always looking out for me. Selfishly, I'm really excited to be able to get another month of it doing this show with games everybody cares about. You know what I mean? Like the season's going to expand now to where we're Notre Dame's in it or not. We're going to have a whole another month of great games to discuss. I'm excited about that part, I guess. Yeah, you know, I would. I'm. You know, I okay, so I am torn about that because I'll be honest, I really don't want college football just to become the NFL like. And I do kind of feel like, you know, we keep increasing games. Like, are eventually are these kids even gonna go to classes? I mean, yeah, I I mean, you're asking so much from these kids. Um, Yeah, and so I I do kind of feel like a the schedule has to shrink. Or uh, and maybe go to ten games, and then you have the playoffs after that. Or somehow you you, you know the conference championship game has to be worked into the playoffs somehow. Are, are, are you there? Yeah. Are you? <clears throat> nope. Yeah. That it's going to be oh, really okay. interesting. The only problem is I don't see them ever reducing games because less games is less money, and that just doesn't seem like they're interested in that. You know. I know. I know. I just uh, I, I, as far you know, but then. You know, don't be surprised when the players are more greedy because I, I don't blame the kids. Because you're asking you more know, of them. Yeah, the, that, I get that you're asking more of yeah. them with the travel and getting beat up every weekend and all that. I mean, I if you look at it that way, that makes sense. And you're asking sense. these players, you're, yeah, you're asking these players' parents to, to have to pony up to travel to three extra games now a year. It's like, well, you know, if they're making more money than the – you know, that's kind of my thought is that if you're going to make them do this, then you, there's got to be a tit for tat. Yeah, right? so. man, it, this is going to be wild. So I don't know. But all I know is, you you know, your group's going to be positioned well. Um, and it, it's just going to be really, really You know, maybe the NFL, with all these extra games, you know, another thought kind of occurred to me. 
and I don't know if the players association would have, uh, you know, their, their, uh, what do you call that? Their, uh, gosh, the players association, their, uh, union would have any say about this, but man, if I'm an NFL GM, you know, maybe I say, Hey guys, uh, after two years, that's plenty of time <laughs> because, you know, a player now after three years, they're playing four or five extra games, you know, for a running back. We might not really want that. It might not be good for the NFL. So, interesting. you know, I wonder if that rule would ever change. But yeah. Man, it's uh, there's just a lot going on in the sport we love. And uh, it's a lot to keep up with. And we'll, yeah. be, we'll be here for it all, man. Hey, thanks for touching base. Have a good weekend, man. You too. Have a good one. Take Bye. care, buddy. How much time you got, buddy? Anybody know what that one-liner's from? How much time you got, buddy? <laughs> Adam Dowling, a $5 holla. Sounds like communication in the element is happening now. Doesn't that make sense? Doesn't that make sense? Instead of having all those guys with all those signs, doing all the dummy signs and all that stuff, Pat, of course you would get it. <laughs> How much time you got, buddy? Good for nothing swindlers. <laughs> um, so I can't even say the rest of the skit, but I said what I could. Um, the helmet thing was, that makes perfect, all the sense in the world, doesn't it? You Instead of doing all these signs and letting Connor Stallions do all that, you just wire into the quarterback, hey, buddy, take a knee or run this play. And then we're eliminating all of those people doing this with the signs, with the dumb things. And one of them's a dummy one. And the other one, just get modern with that. At least I'm fine with them getting modern with that. And we could deal with all of those stupid signs and, and all that crap. Um, Adam Dowling, guess where Adam Dowling was a uh, seven, five, seven year coming up. Guess where Adam Dowling was yesterday with the wife. I start getting these videos texted from Adam and he's in Notre Dame stadium and, and he's getting ushered around and he's in a luxury suite and he's taking videos and pictures in this luxury suite. I think Adam's looking to upgrade the season ticket package there, maybe from outside to inside. And he got the Royal Notre Dame tour. Ooh, Adam, very fancy. Adam and Tiffany Dowling here reporting for the Notre Dame game in the VIP section. Where is my filet mignon and my sushi? Very fancy, Adam. Very, very fancy. That's a beautiful thing, man. Uh, Adam, he's he's got, ooh, baby. Adam's moving up in the world. Going to be in the fancy seats. 757, what's going down? Hey, good morning, John. Uh, John, first of all, I've been listening to your show for a while. First time I had a chance to uh, call in and just wanted to thank you uh, for, you know, putting out the vibe of the fan, which is very much appreciated. And, you know, an important voice here in the uh, Notre Dame sphere uh, on the Internet. Hey, I appreciate I that. Thank about... you, man. Thank you. And you know what, dude, I really do love it. And I take it seriously. Like, I love this stuff. So thank you. Appreciate that. So I'm, I think, about similar age. I recognize the uh, Chappelle Show references, if that gives you a, a clue. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, this whole, like, Big Ten uh, independence conversation for me, 
you know, I think it's dangerous. I don't think it's actually warranted for us to have like a, a, a specter of inevitability, right? Like Notre Dame shouldn't sell, sell short. So, you know, if everyone's going to play eight or nine conference games, like the idea that we couldn't come up with a schedule that if we win, you know, 11 or 12 games, so long as the playoff uh, structure doesn't prohibit Notre Dame from making it in, you know, really when we should somewhere, you know, maybe worst case 10 and two, uh, I mean, the, the, a, a sold-out stadium and good TV ratings should be an attractive enough specter for anyone. You know, we can get a couple Big Ten teams, we can get a couple SEC teams, get a couple ACC teams and fill it out, you know, with the academies or whoever, that we can maintain independence, still be a viable product on, uh, you know, for people who want to partner with us and, you know, present a, a, a competitive, uh, you know, program to be, to be good in the playoffs. So, I, you know, I would just not that – I've necessarily gotten that vibe, particularly for you, but you know Notre Dame has a lot of uh, cachet, and we shouldn't sell ourselves short. In like, it's a foregone conclusion that we have to go join a conference. Yeah, they have a, I, you know before... they have a lot of cachet, but I'm also worried about the regular cash. You follow me? Like, I want to know what these numbers are going to look like when it's all said and done. I want to know the number. I want to know the difference in the amount of money Notre Dame makes running their season than one of these big 10 teams and see if it's if it's a big gap or not. If it's not that big of a gap, then I don't have that issue. And then you can put together your schedule and do whatever. But if you're going to be 20 million behind one year, and then that that means you're 100 million behind Rutgers in five, that's a problem. That That's not sustainable. So I want to know what those details are. I don't know. No, I, I get you. I, I guess uh, the only thing I'd say is certainly from the input side of the equation, right? Yeah, it does. The numbers can get pretty out of whack fairly quickly. But, you know, some of the benefits that Notre Dame has, right, is they're only beholden in a lot of ways to themselves, right? So you yep. can be much more efficient with, you know, on the like a total, lower total amount of money. You know, I guess, you know, you know, you drive by campus and you see all the crazy upgrades and, yeah. you know, the stadium's immaculate and you're sold out every day. It's like, you know, I, I get it. The bean counters might want to make the, the, the gross figure as big as possible, but you know, I, I just, the, the call, the previous call who brought up the COVID season. I think that was a very good example of where due to our independence, we were able to make a decision that was in the best interest of Notre Dame, uh, that we may not have that flexibility if we're beholden to someone. That's, to yeah, that's a good so, point. Like, the cost. Do you want to know, you want to know what else, um, Swarbrick said in his exit inter interview that he gave, um, he literally said in that COVID year, a lot of those ADs didn't want to make decisions. And they said, we'll decide if we want to play football or not, depending on what Notre Dame decides. So Jack could just be pumping himself and Notre Dame up. But he swears a lot of those ADs were sitting around not wanting to make a decision one way or the other, waiting to see what Notre Dame was going to do. Um, and Jack's saying, I don't think there would have been football that year at all if Notre Dame didn't say we're going to play. So I don't know how accurate that is, or Jack pumping himself up on the way out. Uh, but it, but it, that's that's an example of Notre Dame's independence providing them the freedom to make their own autonomous decisions, and you can't undervalue that. Yep. Yeah. And last point. Uh, last point, John would just be, uh, I think back to the uh, the speech from the Rudy movie where it's the, they're in the, the church hall, and you know the, the dad's giving the speech about why Notre Dame is so important. Yep. Uh, you know, tracking that the world is a changing place, but at, you know, at the root, uh, if we overly professionalize college sports, I mean, by and large, right. Saturday will still be Saturday, but you know, there, 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 there can be a breaking point. 
And, you know, if it goes too far to being, you know, NFL light and the, the, the product is purely about football and not even though it might be myth that, you know, you know, you're really rooting for a young man trying to do it the right way and also be successful on the football field. If that like kind of kayfabe to use a wrestling term just completely goes away, you know, I would just, you know, <clears throat> I'm worried that if you're just talking about football, even a team as terrible as like the Bears, right? The football product is better to watch on Sunday than it is on Saturday. So we just need to not lose sight of the fact that, you know, there is something special and unique about college football. And that from a fan's perspective certainly is worth, you know, fighting an inevitable push towards maximization of profit and, you know, money seeking. So I, I would just leave you with that, John. And yeah. I, I, you know, again, love the show. Uh, Patreon's awesome. So I'll click for that uh, for anyone who might be interested. Well worth the, uh, the monthly cost. And, uh, you know, Hope you have a good weekend there, John. Hey, man. Thanks a lot. Give me a call again. Crystal clear line. Really good thoughts. That's the definition of a good caller, man. Save the number. Call me again. All right. Thank you for the support. All right. Sounds good, John. See you later. Yep. Appreciate Bye. it. Oh, man. Yeah, Adam. It's unbelievable. Adam was in there asking questions yesterday, probably. Now, I'd like to know, are the seats in this facility plush leather or is it actual animal fur brought in from Africa? My wife and I will not sit on hard seat. We require fur. Adam, what kind of champagne do you offer in this facility? We do not, we do not drink Coca-Cola. We drink bottled water only from finest spring overseas. I don't know what accent that is, but I'm having fun doing it. <clears throat> Is what on the Patreon? Oh man, the last thing, the last thing we did on the Patreon is Goolsby talking about how he almost got in a fight at a gas station. In case you're wondering how that's going, like you never know where it's going to go. But Mike goes, John, I'm all worked up. I almost had to, I almost had to beat a guy up at the gas station, and then that turned into societal discussion and everything else. It's always. You never know what you're going to get, but it was great. It was great. Adam, I dude, it's, it's just a riot. Uh, you know what I'm picturing Adam? It's like when Adam and Tiffany roll up to Notre Dame, it's like in the beginning of Titanic, when the rich people pull up to get all their crap on the Titanic and they have all those box, all the crates and stuff and all the servants are helping them. That's how Adam rolls into town. They drop them right off. Adam Adam doesn't even walk in the stadium anymore. He has he has like escorts that pick him off the ground and then he just kind of floats. They grab each side and he just floats. It's beautiful. I only drink big K cola. Bro, you want to know what was some good pop? You maybe only know this if you had a Jewel. You know what Jewel is? The grocery store in the Midwest? Bro, when I was a kid, Jewel had off-brand cola like root beer flavored uh black cherry flavored like all these orange all these different flavors and they were like 10 cents each i think it was so good and it was like this unique I, all of them had a flavor and it was off brand jewel brand it was great man 10 cents i think it was 10 cents for a can that's how old i am Back when I was a youngster, gas was only a nickel and you could fill your whole Model T up. <laughs> Bro, am I losing my mind? Am I losing my mind? 
Sometimes I feel like I'm in a twilight zone in this basement. Just like Jack said, the big problem with all this is people from their basement doing reporting and they don't know what's going on. Oh, I knew what was going on and I know you messed that whole Ludwig thing up and I knew there was no way I was letting you get away with it. And you tried and you tried and you massaged the messaging and you tried to spin it. Smart people wouldn't let you. Smart people wouldn't let you. Um, Man. All right, folks. I think that's going to be it. I got a phone call here at 1030. I got to do a couple other things. Um, I got episodes to come out tomorrow. And then I want to start getting back into. I want to start getting back into the weekend night shows. I have had some stuff going on and unavailable, whatever, not feeling well. I want to find a way to get back in the night shows. Maybe we'll see what Pat's availability is either on a Friday or a Saturday coming up. I would like to try and get back to that. Also, let me bring this up to the group before we all get off here. Let me bring this up. Um, I don't. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, would anybody be open to a night show during the week? I'm also open to that doing like later, like later night shows during the week or something. As far as, as like uh Saturday, I got to go to Midway tomorrow night, pick up my dad coming back from Florida. I don't know when I'm going to be back from that. And you know how that is at those airports. I don't know. Um, Here we go. The people want Cotter. Ohio. Yeah. Sunday night, seven o'clock. I will be on and uh, I'll be on the Ohio podcast. They're going to try and get me mad. I'm going to try and get them mad about some stuff. It'll be a fun situation. Uh, and I do admit I'm fully aware and uncomfortable that I now have two Ohio State friends on this show. It's very uncomfortable for me. Um, all right. Thank you for the donations. Thanks for the calls. Thank you guys for all of that. And uh, we'll be with you soon. Have a good weekend, everybody. Be safe. Have some fun. Huh? <laughs>